Hello and welcome to the Mountain Brook Baptist Project 119 Bible Reading Plan Podcast. I'm Mary and it's my pleasure on this Friday, September 29th, to welcome a guest to the podcast. Today we have reading for us Lowell Broom. Lowell and his wife Redonda are new-ish members of Mountain Brook Baptist and I can't wait to the end of the podcast where you can hear more about his life and faith. Thank you, Lowell, for joining us today. Uh, Thank you very much, Mary. It is a privilege for me to be here. Our first reading is from Matthew 17, 1 through 13. And six days later, Jesus took with him Peter, James, and John, his brother, and brought them to a high mountain by themselves. And he was transfigured before them, and his face shone like the sun, and his garments became white as light. And behold, Moses and Elijah appeared to them, talking with him. And Peter answered and said to Jesus, Lord, it is good for us to be here. If you wish, I will make three tabernacles here, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. While he was still speaking, behold, a bright cloud overshadowed them, and behold, a voice out of the cloud saying, This is my beloved Son, with whom I am well pleased. Listen to him. And when the disciples heard this, They fell on their faces and were much afraid. And Jesus came to them and touched them and said, Arise, do not be afraid. And lifting up their eyes, they saw no one except Jesus himself alone. And as they were coming down from the mountain, Jesus commanded them, saying, Tell the vision to no one until the Son of Man has risen from the dead. And his disciples asked him, saying, Why then? Did the scribes say that Elijah must come first? And he answered and said, Elijah is coming and will restore all things. But I say to you that Elijah already has come. And they did not recognize him, but did to him whatever they wished. So also the Son of Man is going to suffer at their hands. Then the disciples understood that he had spoken to them about John the Baptist. And our second reading is from Psalms 33. Sing for joy in the Lord, O you righteous ones. Praise is becoming to the upright. Give thanks to the Lord with lyre. Give praises to him with a harp of ten strings. Sing to him a new song. Play skillfully with a loud shout of joy. For the word of the Lord is upright. For all his work is done in faithfulness. He loves righteousness and justice. The earth is full of the loving kindness of the Lord. By the word of the Lord, the heavens were made, and by the breath of his mouth, all their host. He gathers the waters of the sea together as a heap. He lays up the deeps in storehouses. Let all the earth fear the Lord. Let all the inhabitants of the world stand in awe of him. For he spoke, and it was done. He commanded, and it stood fast. The Lord nullifies the counsel of the nations. He frustrates the plans of the peoples. The counsel of the Lord stands forever. The plans of his heart from generation to generation. Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord, the people whom he has chosen for his own inheritance. The Lord looks from heaven. He sees all the sons of men. From his dwelling place, he looks out on the inhabitants of the earth. He who fashions the hearts of them all, he who understands all their works. The king is not saved by a mighty army 
A warrior is not delivered by a great strength. A horse is a false hope for victory. Nor does it deliver anyone by its great strength. Behold, the eye of the Lord is on those who fear Him, on those who hope for His loving kindness, to deliver their soul from death, and to keep them alive in famine. Our souls wait for the Lord. He is our help and our shield. For our hearts rejoice in Him, because we trust in His holy name. Let Thy loving kindness, O Lord, be upon us, according as we have hoped in Thee. Thank you so much, Lowell, for joining the podcast and for reading so beautifully for us. I want you to tell us a little bit about yourself. Okay, I uh, I grew up in uh, the thriving metropolis of Picayune, Mississippi. There is such a place. It's about uh, <laughs> 35, 40 miles out of New Orleans in extreme South Mississippi. Uh, wonderful Christian parents. I uh, was raised in the church and uh, am grateful for the fact that God placed me in a home like that. Mm-hmm. And tell me about your family now. Okay. Uh, I'm married to Redonda, uh, the former Redonda Martin. She grew up in New Orleans. We met in college. Been married for 53 years. Congratulations. Uh, thank you. We have three adult children, uh, all of whom live here in Birmingham, and that's wonderful. They're all married to wonderful spouses. We have uh, six grandchildren, and we get to interact with them frequently, and I praise God for that. Tell me a little bit about your profession. You went to college where? I went to college at William Carey College, which is a, a Baptist school in Mississippi. I actually went there on a basketball scholarship, but really? uh, I did play basketball growing up. And originally was a math major, kind of stumbled into the accounting uh, ended up getting a master's degree in accountancy and started my uh, professional work with a firm that is now E and Y, uh, Ernst and Young, uh, and worked in that profession for a few years and decided to go back to college and get a PhD and uh, ended my career for the last several years as a college professor. Where did you teach? Uh, my first job was at Baylor. I'm Baptist all the way here. Uh, <laughs> first job was at Baylor in Waco, and then I also taught at UAB uh, for about 22 years, retired from there, and then also ended my career teaching at Samford. I taught there for 14 years, so I, I retired from both UAB and Samford. Let's back up to basketball. I want okay. to talk a little bit about basketball. <laughs> what position did you play? I was a point guard or shooting guard. Uh, I was actually fairly tall for a guard in, in my point in time. This would be the late, mid-60s. I was about 6'3 at that time. I'm not quite that tall anymore, uh, but it was 6'3, and so I was a fairly tall point guard, but I was extremely skinny, so I uh, <laughs> had advantages and disadvantages. But I, depending on who we were playing and what the strategy was going to be, I was either a point guard or a shooting guard. Tell me about one of your favorite games. If you had to like recount something that happened in a game, tell me the story you usually tell. Probably a game that I remember the most is against uh, one of our neighboring cities. We didn't play them frequently, but uh, we played them in a tournament final. It was one of the best teams that they had had in years. They were supposed to beat us, but they did not. Uh, I, I had a, I had a great game. Had. Uh, Oh, don't about, go! Don't go humble on us. Tell us the full, the well, full story. Okay. I, I had several steals. I, I remember they they just. Uh, uh, I was fairly quick, and I was able to break on the ball very quickly. Got several steals. 
made some pretty nice shots as a result of that and uh, ended up scoring about 34 points, I think, that night. And so uh, it was, and it was a game that was highly attended. The gym was full, packed out. And so uh, I was, I was very happy with that. That's a very great memory I have. Wonderful. Do you have other interests? I do. I play, uh, I play golf. Obviously, at my age, I can't play basketball anymore. <laughs> <laughs> so I play golf. I love football. I did play football growing up as well, and I love football, but uh, didn't necessarily have the physique for it, but uh, it was built better for basketball. So I went that direction. But I, I still love watching football, and I love playing golf. Well, I know that you're very interested in singing as well because you're in the choir. Tell me a little bit about how you grew to love singing and then about our choir. Well, I grew up in a singing family. My, we, we attended a small church, and my dad was actually the choir director. He was uh, an amazing person. and He taught himself to read music on his own. He was uh, very skilled at that, but... Uh, we were a singing family. We even had a family quartet that we uh, sang, and and all of us sang in the choir. And so, uh, I was I have been interested in singing since I can remember. I really don't remember when I was not interested in singing, and that was largely, of course, because of my uh, my dad and his interest in music. When you guys first joined, I know that you immediately joined our choir, which we're so grateful for. Tell me one of the things you love about choir. Well, I tell you the the skill the skill level of our choir amazes me. I'm uh, uh, I'm on the very low end of the skill <laughs> level for our choir. I'm sure that's not there, true. There are some amazing people and some voices that uh, I get to listen to every Wednesday night uh, for uh, an hour and a half, and I love that. I I, I love the uh, uh, the way Kelly leads us. You know, he's very positive, but obviously his focus is on worship and glorifying the Lord and leading others to worship and everything that we do. And, and I love that. And I love the music that he selects. I, I really like it very much. Lowell, you have an interesting last name, Broom. And I was telling you that my high school was Broom High School with an E. And we had an interesting conversation about that. Tell me about your relatives, the Brooms. Okay. Well, I was uh, telling Mary that uh, we can trace our ancestry back through South Carolina uh, had an uncle that was a Civil War officer that was in South Carolina, uh, and can also trade. The only famous relative I have, as far as I know of, a gentleman by the name of Jacob Broom, who was a signator on the Declaration of Independence. He was a representative from Delaware, uh, and if you go to Constitution Hall on the tour there, uh, there's a large meeting room that you go into first. Uh, and they're kind of explaining to you what they're what you're about to see. And there's a massive painting on the wall in that room. And the uh, the speaker talks about the people in the picture. There's only one person in the picture whose face you cannot see. He is bending over, signing the Constitution, and the painting shows him from the rear. And the speaker says that uh, that person is the delegate from Delaware, Jacob Broom who is pictured that way because he is the only signator of the Declaration of Independence. They did not have a pictorial representation of a painting or, or something like that. And so they don't show his face. They show him bending over signing. Uh, but at least I have one famous relative. That's right. I can't even <laughs> say that. Tell me about your journey of faith. Well, again, I was raised in a, in a Christian home, and so I came to faith fairly early uh, at the age of nine. 
Uh, but I think like a lot of people that grow up in the church like that, and it's just part of your DNA, uh, you don't necessarily appreciate uh, what the gospel is and what it does for you at an early age. And I, 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 at the age of 19, when uh, I was in college, I was rooming with a, with a ministerial student, and he, uh, a gentleman by the name of Byron Morgan, who is uh, still in the ministry, and uh, Byron was a very positive influence on me. We talked about things that uh, I had never talked about before, you know, the a sort of, uh, Byron sort of questioning my faith. You know, what is it that, that you believe? What makes you believe? And I think at that point in time, I began to realize uh, what the gospel was and, and what, although I was already a Christian, what it, it meant to me more than I had before that. And I, uh, I'm grateful that uh, God gave Byron to me as a roommate because I think I grew tremendously in my faith the year that I spent with him. Mm-hmm. Tell me about a tough time where you had to cling to the Lord, like we're reading through the Psalms, and He's our strong tower, He's our refuge. Tell me about a time when you experienced that feeling. Well, in, uh, in October of 2005, my mother was having extreme difficulty physically. Uh, my dad was trying to take care of her, and he had, had a massive stroke. And uh, he happened to have that stroke while he was in my mother's hospital room, uh, trying to help her. It was adjacent to the nursing station, and so he managed to get out into the hallway. They were able to get him to the emergency room immediately and at least at that point save his life. Uh, the doctors told us many times that had he had this stroke anywhere else, given the magnitude of the stroke, he would have died. And that sounds positive, but the fact is the life that my dad lived from that point forward was not really very positive. He was not able to take care of himself. He was uh, physically limited in all kinds of ways, but spent the remainder of his life in a nursing home. My mother ended up dying in December of that year, a few months later. They had been married 67 years when she died, and so he was miserable. And uh, And my uh, brother and my sister, we talked many times about why did the Lord let him have the stroke there? You know, and uh, he could have we would rather him have died rather than watch him suffer the way he was suffering. We had him in a private room at that time, but the administrator of the nursing home where he was came to us and said, you know, I think your dad would be a lot better if I could find him a roommate. If you'll give me permission, I'll try to match him up with somebody. And so we did, and he had a couple of false starts there. The first two didn't work out well, but then he paired him with a guy named Ernie. Ernie was a double amputee. He was about 25 years younger than my dad, had lots of physical problems, uh, but they kind of connected. And uh, the last two years of my father's existence were made much better because of Ernie. And uh, But the wonderful thing about all of that is Ernie was not a Christian when he met my dad. And through my dad's life and communicating with him, he led Ernie to the Lord. And we, I was actually able, along with the rest of my family, to witness Ernie's baptism. He was baptized in the church where my dad was a member at that time in his wheelchair. They actually took the wheelchair down in the baptistry and baptized him. And after my dad died, he died before Ernie. And uh, after my dad's death, Ernie had two more roommates that he led to the Lord. And so... Uh, 
Uh, God answered our question, my, the question that my brother and my sister had about uh, why he allowed my dad to survive. It was clear uh, that he had a plan. And there are uh, three people in heaven now that probably would not have been there had it not been for the, uh, the fact that my dad had survived that stroke. Wow, that is such a powerful story. Thank you for sharing with us and just reminding us of the Lord's faithfulness. Do you have a favorite passage of Scripture? Oh, I absolutely do. Uh, the, the one that I go to when uh, times are difficult and there are things that I can't control, obviously all of those, and uh, when I fail uh, in living the life that I know God wants me to live, and I'm afraid that happens a lot as well, but it's Romans 8, uh, 38 through 39. It says, this is Paul writing, For I am persuaded that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. And the reason that's such a wonderful verse for me is because I, like all Christians, I fail frequently. Uh, But Paul reminded us that regardless of what we do or don't do or whatever failures that we have, that God will never leave us nor forsake us and His love is always with us. And there's nothing really that we can do as Christians that can separate us from the love of of Christ Jesus our Lord. Our former pastor of mine and a friend of yours, Mary, often said, God is good at all times and in all circumstances. And this verse reminds me of that uh, and I love to read it. Lowell, it has been such a pleasure to join you in the podcast. Would you end our time together with prayer? I'll be happy to. Uh, Father, we thank you for the fact that you loved us long before we loved you. And Father, that your love uh, will never be taken away from us. And we can always rely on that, Father. And I I ask that you use the scripture that was read this morning to bless uh, anybody that hears it, Father. And let it say to them exactly what you want it to say. Father, make us more like you. Give us courage to to act on the opportunities that you give us as Christians. And may we live our lives in a way that point others toward you and that remind others that your love will never leave us, that you'll never forsake us. And I pray this in the name of Jesus, the Christ. Amen. Amen.